Hello and welcome to All Villa No Villa podcast, all about Aston Villa, the world's most unlucky football team, which we'll talk about in a moment. Villa did dominate Manchester United this weekend, but stop me if you've heard this one before, we still lost. Unbelievable. We also talk our horrible injury luck and Frankie cooks up another one of his spicy questions. But first things first, Frankie, it was another a game that you attended in the flesh. How was it for you? George, you know, we uh, we both have jobs where you have to be, you know, so on this podcast, we can't be too sweary, right? So the, the jobs sure. are in, we have to behave ourselves. But um, I'm going to bleep this one out. But for <laughs> sake, for <laughs> sake, those mank bloody are like, get out. The atmosphere was absolutely brilliant at Villa Park. It really was. It felt like a derby day. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been to quite a lot of Villa Man United games and it just feels like it is a bit of a there's something about it that's a bit different um, probably just because this annoying record they have against us so to beat them really feel like a big deal yeah yeah uh, and the atmosphere was amazing r- really popping in to be honest I was on my own and when Villa scored I couldn't believe like I was like god I didn't know I had this much rage within me I was like immediately looking at the United fans like take that you and your Shit, Paul Weller haircuts. But look, um, uh, yeah, so a rare moment of um, uh, uh, quasi-aggression from me. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, the, the atmosphere was amazing. Um, and Aston Villa were absolutely dominant and should have scored about four or five goals. Yeah. In the same way we were dominant against Man City, we, another game we should have scored about probably four or five goals in. Um, but on this occasion... Uh, not taking our chances uh, cost us. Uh, simple as that. The number of times the chance would just hit Anana uh, mm. was just off the charts, really. And um, just in tr- truly disbelief. When I, the amount of times that I was standing on my feet thinking a, a, a shot was about to go in and I'm looking up to the sky, holding my head in my hands and looking around in, in disbelief. It was just just amazing, really. Um, it, it, Villa should have scored three or four. Uh, and we should have beaten them, but we conceded two pretty poor goals, particularly one from a set piece in the first half when mm. Man United didn't do anything in the first half, as far as I can really remember. Whereas Aston Villa really were dangerous and really were much more threatening and more of a cohesive team. Whereas I thought United just looked like a, a as they've looked all season, they're a, a team that just sort of gets by somehow without actually being much of a you know, much of a team on the whole. Yeah. yeah I, I I thought it hurt, you know, like I say, you know, you look at Manchester United, their record against us is enough for me to believe that the devil actually exists, actually exists like in the usual suspects and that Manchester United, there's a reason they have a devil on their show. They actually did a deal with him and it was just that they would always be Aston Villa somehow, even if, they were totally garbage and rubbish and Villa were always dominant. The amount of games I can think of in the last 30 years where Villa dominated them and not won. Mm. Same again yesterday. It's it's enough to make me believe that they've actually done a deal with the devil because something ain't right, mate. Something ain't right. Yeah, it was tough to take, wasn't it? I don't think I have um, sort of stopped watching a game in a long time and felt as sort of physically pained yeah. as I did after that game, you know, yeah. sort of like gutter, you know, like gut punch pain, um, a, a proper sickener in every sense of that word. It was, um, 
it was I was sort of reeling after that after you know when the, when the final whistle went to be honest I think it was a combination of a few things Frankie it was the opposition as you rightly say our record against United is just horrendous yeah um, historically so and um, and so I, I think I think there is something about that that game that um, is more potent than most other games almost as you say sort of it's 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 in terms of kind of that visceral feeling towards them it's it's sort of almost near birmingham city levels for sure it, is, it, um, felt, like, it felt like it was it was a derby genuinely yesterday it really felt yeah. like that so it was the combination of the opponent the combination obviously of how well we did play and how we really really deserved to get something out of that game mm. um you know at least a point at least a point but in truth all three and obviously the um, the ramifications of the result, you know, the fact that we could have gone 11 points clear of United mm. and now that gap is cut to five, you know, that psychologically, that's a, that feels quite big for them and, and, yeah. and quite, a, quite a hit for us. Um, and then on top of all that, Frankie, the cherry on top of the cake today, the news that our very influential midfielder, the midfielder who we missed for three games over Christmas and really, really struggled without, Bubakar Kamara, yeah. is now out for the rest of the season with yet another ACL injury of which we have two other players afflicted in the squad. Yeah. Unbelievable. This and despite the fact that, you know, we had the confirmation of Leon Bailey signing his contract, which is fantastic news. And I know you messaged me earlier, Frankie, going, lots to talk about in the show today, George. Some good, some bad. I'm still thinking about the bad. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it's, it's like that. It's like that um, that meme, isn't it? It's like it's like that office meme. The David Brent. Yeah, you're still yeah, thinking like, about the bad still news. You're still thinking about the Kamara ACL, aren't you? Yeah, you're all fired, but I've had a promotion, so you know, every <laughs> yeah. cloud. It's uh, it's it was just the worst news to get. ACLFC. Oh yeah, very much so, and and um, and I don't want to say like when I got that news through, I was like. I don't want to say this season is a write-off because we've done so well to get into the position we have done. And we're still in a brilliant position. We really yeah. are. And we can't lose sight of that. And I think John McGinn gave a very philosophical, reflective, considered interview after the game where he where he talked about, you know, it's my job as captain to remind the players of where we are and how good we are. And we have to, you know, kind of we go again and all the rest of it. And obviously we do. We've got, you know, Fulham next week away. Uh, Fulham coming up is going to be... Uh, a, a tricky game um but we've got to go into it believing that we can you know get three points and, and try and you know maintain where we are on the table but it's just yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to stay positive it, it, yeah it, uh, is, it is hard it is hard you said john mcginn was philosophical and considered so he'd never make it as a podcaster um, no but what, I, what i would say is um you know on the injury front uh Aston Villa have had an extraordinary amount of bad luck with injuries this season. I think there's a few teams have had quite bad injuries. I think probably something to do with the sheer volume of football that players have been forced to play is um, bad. I think I, I think there's I definitely think there's far too much football gets played, and uh, you know I think last season's World Cup the way that disrupted the the pattern of how these players play. Maybe that's having a knock-on effect to this season. Who knows? Um, but something, something certainly feels a bit wrong. Um, Newcastle and Tottenham are probably two teams. I say have had quite a lot of injuries. Yeah. But Villa, uh, I mean, you know, 
three ACLs, Mings, Buendia, Kamara. Uh, you know, you've got Pau Torres has been up, hasn't been able to start for two months. Yeah. Luca Dean was out for a month. Alex Moreno yeah. was out for half the season. Jacob Ramsey, Jim Ramsey. Out for more than half the season. Yeah. Um, Moreno was out at the start of the season. Yep. Yeah. Du- uh, Duran out till April. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's probably other ones I'm forgetting about now. Uh, you know, so uh, if you take into account all of those injuries, if I have to sit here and listen to another former bloody professional footballer who's now a pundit, who used to play for Liverpool and Manchester United and thinks those two bloody teams have a God-given right to be, always be in the Champions League and always be winning titles, whereas little Aston Villa should always just know their role. Um, if I have to listen to any more of them, again, say that uh, Villa, Villa were never there. Villa were, ne- Villa were never going to be a top four contender. Are you kidding me? Okay, like the, the way we've actually got to where we are in the league with one of the best managers in world football with that volume of injuries is absolutely incredible. And it's only now that if this sort of dip that we're having, bear in mind two key facts. The injuries are just built up now. that it's, It has caught up with us now. But secondly... Unai Emery this season has not had one single game where he's been able to play his first 11. Mm. And Dia and Mings haven't been a free all season. Moreno and Ramsey, as that left-hand side that was so potent last season, has not been able to play together this season. And I, and I would and I would say actually that is an encouraging that was an encouraging moment of 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 the game against Man United is that that left side did look yeah it did sort of it was getting back to that level wasn't it I thought Moreno and Ramsey. Yeah, 100%. I think partly because, you know, I think Chelsea and Newcastle had better shape than Man United did. I think we were able to play through Man United very, very... I thought it was quite easy. I, th- I thought Carlos would turn to his right and find a pass straight through t- to Ollie Watkins. And uh, I thought that down the left as well, Moreno and Ramsey were... Fi- I think Moreno in particular was finding a lot of joy because Garnacho was struggling to track him. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I would say is that, you know, I like Longley, but I thought there were quite a few occasions where Longley wouldn't make the pass to Moreno. And Moreno was just kind of like, it was like, why did you not make that pass? He was, he was right there. And um, he said, Longley seems to prefer to cut inside and pass to his right. Whereas mm-hmm. I think Pau Torres is a little bit better at just progressing slightly forward, finding that pass between the lines, but also passing out left. And the only time this season, literally, we've seen Torres and Moreno play together, and I think maybe Ramsey as well, was against Burnley in the 3-2. When mm. um, Pau came on in the second half, and suddenly Villa absolutely dominated them. But there's no coincidence that when that happened, Villa was such a dominant side. Mm. Um, so, you know, that look, that's not me getting at Longley. I think Longley is actually um, quite, it is good. Uh, it's just that I think Pau Torres is just better. Yes. Um, but like I say, yeah, I think there were positive signs with Ramsey and Moreno, particularly because Ramsey had space thrown into, whereas United and Newcastle did not offer that space at all. And I slightly fear that um, defensive teams like Nottingham Forest, for instance, are just going to try and copy the Newcastle approach. And I wonder if we struggle more against that than we do against teams who try and come at us like United did. Um, mm. Like I said, I think United were just, they were absolutely there to be beaten quite handily, to be honest. Um, uh, yeah, and then otherwise, uh, I mean, what else? I think, I mean, I, think, I mean, I'm not just to talk about United just for a second because we're a Villa podcast. So I don't want to bang on about United, but they they are a club that I think Villa fans are sort of in the main a little bit obsessed with, and that's fine. I think we could talk about them. the um, The amount of kind of euphoria that came from United supporters after that win was strange, insofar as like kind of like look where you are, guys. Like yeah. 
you didn't you, you 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 didn't really play well at all against us, and you got the win. And fair enough, you were more clinical in in, in the box than we were, absolutely. And and goals win games and all the rest of it. But there is a part of me that thinks like you just you. I still I still think we've got a very good chance, injuries aside, of of finishing where we are right now because you that. They didn't play well. I think. I think in the window, in, in in the games I've seen United win, there's nothing about them that makes me think they can go on a run, like a consecutive run of games where they where they win. They the remind me of just. Wins. They do. They they yeah. remind me of just a slightly more um, uh, 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 positive Chelsea side. I mean, we're seeing Chelsea tonight against Crystal Palace. They played us up. To be fair, they they deserve to win in the FA Cup against us. Put your hands up, like they were the better side for sure. But then they go to Palace and. You know they're they're losing. I think I think they're losing at the moment. I I think there is still that level of inconsistency with with Man United that that still might fall in our favour. That I don't think they can be relied upon to to necessarily find that consistency for the rest of the season. But saying that, I think the injuries are going to really cost us. Um, and and if we do fall out of the top five, I think it's more to do with the injury injury problems that we've had rather than any sort of specific pressure that other teams mm. below us are going to put on us. Yeah. I mean, like I say, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing former professional pundits who all played for Northern clubs saying that, you know, implying that Aston Villa just don't belong in the top four. It's like, you know, 10 years ago, you just said the same about Tottenham. Like The Tottenham don't belong there because Tottenham have been garbage forever. And then they got Harry Kane and Pochettino and it all got a bit, you know, they got a, things just worked out for them from there. There's no reason Villa can't be a team that actually does something like that. Uh, so I'm, I genuinely am sick and tired of listening to this sort of irritating belittling of Aston Villa that is absolutely happening. Um, this is not some kind of conspiracy or paranoia. This, this is... This is what I'm listening to. Like I'm actually hearing it with my own ears. Like, and um, you know that little villa don't, don't should just enjoy it while they can because we'll be back down where we belong. It's like, shut up. Yeah. You know who yeah. says we have to be back down where we are? Like, you know. And um, well, that's know, the thing. And, and there's like a, no, there's no infinite. There's there's not like kind of a god given right that any club no. deserves to be where they are. I mean, you, you could you could say exactly the same things about you know Leeds in the seventies or you know you know. The whole like too good to go down. I mean, who thought that or, we would go down? Or Newcastle or, or Leeds or or Liverpool, who were dominant throughout yeah. the seventies and eighties and have won one Premier League title, one Premier League title since the early nineties. Exactly, yeah. one in thirty years. Like, I mean, what they're talking about? Like, what's Carragher talking about? Like, honestly, I'm just, I don't know. It's just sort of, there's something it got to me a bit this weekend listening to it. Like, oh, little Villa, they don't deserve. Shut up! Like the sheer injury levels we've had. If most of our squad was actually fit. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind that we would push on into the top four this season and comp and compete right to the end of the season. It's just that we've been incredibly unlucky with a few injuries we've had. But that said, I still believe that Aston Villa will compete for top four, five, six uh, as this season goes in, goes on. And um, you know, look, it absolutely sucks, particularly with such key players. You know, Kant's is out potentially for a month. Kamara's out until the, you know he's gone for the season now. Um, but it is at the same time, it's an opportunity for, you know, let's say, Tim Robenham. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? You know, he's got a full season of championship experience behind him. Uh, from what I've seen, the bits and pieces I've seen of him, of him, he's very, he's got um, quick acceleration over a short, you know, small um, uh, area of the pitch. He can get past the player quite quickly. For a CDM, that's quite an impressive attribute to have. 
Um, he's good on the ball. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he'll just step up this season, take his opportunity, win Unai Emery's trust and become a key player for Aston Villa in the months and years ahead. Um, Kane Kessler-Hayden might feature a little bit more this season as well, given that Conte is not you know, here for another few weeks. Uh, cash, you know, there's no guarantee all of our back four are going to be fit for the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. knowing our look, they won't be. Um, so you know, th this is an opportunity for a couple of younger players. It's not ideal coming in, you know, with, with injuries, but sometimes that's how careers get made, isn't it? You know, they, they step in when a team needs them. And uh, well, I'm not, I'm not entirely know. sure people would have thought Jacob Ramsey would have had the um, had the development that, that he's had in the last yeah. few years. You know, he went out on like Doncaster, did, did pretty well by all accounts, but. You know, plenty of players have gone out on loan to lower league clubs and done done well, and then come back and just it hasn't worked out. They've gone back out on loan or been sold on permanent uh, deals. But he came back, fought for his place, got into the Villa team, and sort of never looked back. So yeah, absolutely, like opportunities are there. Europenham, you know, he he's he is was has been considered to be a, a, a talent for the future. He's gone on loan, as you say, two championship clubs. Uh, you know, in, in QPR, for example, and, um, and and done okay. I think, you know, I think the the club itself were, were struggling, but that's that's not necessarily um, an indictment of his performances. I just no. think QPR as a whole, they, they they you know they're not in the best position and weren't when he was there either. But he was playing and playing quite well, particularly under under Beal when he was at QPR. Um, so yeah, it's absolutely a chance for him to to come in and, and stake a claim and. Um, as I said, this is how careers careers are made. You've got to step up when the opportunity presents itself and show that you're deserving of of playing for a club like Villa. So hopefully they do it. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. And me and George about to get into a bit of an old dust up outside a pub, you know, it's got a bit of a, a bit of a hand down here, a bit like down in Wolford, you're getting EastEnders or something like that. Uh, in this, the spicy question today, George, I ask you, would you ever accept Aston Villa changing the name of their stadium? Oh, <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> just, <laughs> uh, just, I mean... I no, I, I can't. I just cannot see. Uh, you don't fancy uh, the sports directory? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh. I just no. I think I'm a traditionalist, Frankie. I just am. And, 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 and you know, yeah. Well, you know, I just think you don't mess. You don't mess with tradition. It's a, in in the same way. It's like <laughs> it's like. I was actually so I was reading. I know you're talking about changing the name of the stadium, but I'm going to sort of expand it slightly by saying that I was reading an article today about how clubs moved ground a lot in like the late '90s, early noughties into these very like synthetic, mm. carbon copy, you know, dome type yeah. uh, grounds, which have like in hindsight become incredibly soulless. Yeah, I mean they they were to be honest they were soulless when they were you know finished being built but you know there's no heart to them whatsoever you know i went to uni in leicester um and leicester had sort of relatively recently moved to the then walker stadium and where the uh king power as it is now is is based in leicester is is like 
it's just in a it's it's in a, like like an like an old sort of estate really mm. um quite far away from where filbert street used to be which was much more kind of residential um there was much more kind of a feeling of community with where filbert street was was it's not really like that where it is at the moment um and yeah i just think like there are certain things like the heritage of a club is is wrapped up with the name of the stadium is wrapped up with the stadium itself i mean we're quite lucky really that villa park is capacity wise as it stands is okay and i think mm. you know obviously there are plans to expand it but there's been a lot of talk about us moving grounds because of the transportation issues i just think like that's just quite sh- for me it feels like that's an issue which can be resolved in time. I know there is, there are issues with finances in Birmingham at the moment. Um, so it's difficult to kind of like put spades in the ground and improve the infrastructures things stand at the moment. But I think long-term that will change. I just, I can't, I just can't see it happening. I, I, and, I, and I wouldn't want to see it happen. And to be honest, I think if you ask the majority of Villa fans, they would feel the same way. What would you call it? I mean, it, it's all, it would always be known as Villa Park. I mean, as, as you say, Newcastle renamed their stadium to the Sports Direct Arena or whatever the hell it was. But did anyone call it that? No, it was still St. James's Park. So I don't know. I just I just think it's just not worth the the hassle. I think it would be a it would be a you know public relations disaster. Mm. And it's not something that we need to be doing at the moment. So no. Interesting. I did I didn't have you down as a real Hard traditionalist George, yeah. like one of those, uh, you know, those annoying Twitter pages that are like for like stat. Their picture is like an avatar of like a Roman statue head, and they're like <laughs> culture connoisseur or something. And they're like, yeah, what's stopping you from living here? And it's a picture of like downtown Moscow. And I'm like, there's a few things that are stopping me from living in Moscow right now, dickhead. But uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 a very sort of like blinkered view of the world, but yeah. um. But but yeah no I I think um, yeah I think I am I mean obviously you want to you want to you want to progress and you you yeah. want to look to the future and all the rest of it but you can do that within the the prism of heritage and tradition. Oh yeah no yeah no no I totally get you uh, you know football you I think just football culture generally in 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 this country particularly is very um we we stick we'd like to stick to our heritage and traditions don't we I think I think generally. Um, it's like Within change, fan change. bases, at least. Definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, I, I live in Cardiff now, and a lot of people will remember when Cardiff changed their kit to red because oh the God, Vincent yeah. Tan oh. believed red was a lucky colour. We, we were there. We were there the same year, weren't we? Ex- we, we exactly. So you yeah. know, and there was a huge uproar amongst yeah. Cardiff fans. You know, they were the bluebirds, and they were playing in red. I mean, yeah. it's like tradition be damned. I, I just, I just. It does oh, mean oh. it means so much to fans yeah, to yeah. have that history because it's football. Football clubs. I'm going to go into a rant about you know social history and all the rest of it. But football clubs are so ingrained with the communities that they are a part of, not just physically, but you know traditionally the the players would come from the local area and all the rest of it. Like it, it's part of the fabric of the local society. So you can't mess around with it. It's just mm. not. It's just no. not, not on. It's a red line, Frankie, for me. Look at that. Oh, goodness me. I found your animating factor. Just, Look at this. Uh, <laughs> take me on blood pressure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I might call you, your wife just to see if she come in and check on you. Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just sort of collapse yeah. over the, over the <laughs> Zoom. Puddle of, 
And then it'd be like, what took him out? Getting out, wound up about the thought of Villa changing the name of their stadium. When, um, when Rosie's overhearing the conversation, she's speaking to the ambulance. Like, I don't know, he was just talking about heritage and tradition and then he just sort of collapsed. Yeah. <laughs> the next episode, I lead it by saying, uh, so the spicy question got a little too hot last week. George is... Uh, <laughs> He was found in a puddle of his own sweat. <laughs> uh, it'd be R. like uh, it'd be like um, when Stalin died, but like Rosie, you know, like no one checked in on him because they were so yeah. scared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like Rosie will like looking through that window, be like, "I'm sure he's all right." I'll just yeah. leave him there. <laughs> tomorrow, I'll morning, the... tomorrow morning, I'm still there. Message you next week, like, can you do the podcast next week? You're like, where George isn't responding to me. Where is it? Uh, <laughs> we've won ten nil. Why is he not responding to me? Surely, uh, but but yeah, I think um, uh, no, I'm with you. I, like, I, you know, I, I would ideally not like to see the I, the name change for Villa Park. If Aston Villa said we're going to get fifty million a year from you know, the All Villa No Filler podcast and rename it the All Villa No Filler Stadium. Oh, well, then yeah, maybe they I, I consider that. Sure. I consider it. But <laughs> no, like, I, I mean, I, I think I, I think I could tolerate that slightly more just because I know that we'd always call it Villa Park. So just, okay. yeah, I, I don't, but... But what would be the what would be the fun? How much would you sell your soul for, Frankie? No, I, uh, I, yeah. how, how much would that sponsorship be worth to you? Yeah, it depends who it is. That's it, isn't it? And there's a, but, and, and at the end, there's no no company I can think of that would make me happy enough. <laughs> which which but I have interest. What sponsor would you? Accept? UNICEF. UNICEF. Yeah, sure. They're never going to pay us enough money, though, are they? We get, it's going to have to be like uh, I don't Unicef, know. UNICEF, like like a fifty million pound sponsorship. People are like, where did you get that money from, UNICEF? Yeah. Where's uh, all that money I donated to go gone to? <laughs> uh, that'd be the problem. If, if I ran a charity, I would end up just giving it all to us. Wouldn't I? That'd be the problem. <laughs> uh, I mean, what you were saying about the stadiums was absolutely right. Like Southampton used to have the Dell, Leicester used to have Filbert Street, uh, Cardiff, Ninian, Ninian Park, Park. Yeah. Uh, Coventry, Highfield Road, and yeah. all four of those clubs got in the early two thousands new stadiums, and all four of those stadiums look identical stadiums. Yeah. They are just really really boring and just lack something and i think with villa park it's such a uniquely it's such a unique stadium it's yeah. aged very well but it absolutely needs an upgrade like yeah still it definitely needs improvements on concourses on that just this you know particularly the north stand i mean there's a reason that was the prime target to be updated and i think uh yeah there's definitely things we could do to you know drive revenues without ripping people off that is you know have more bars more uh restaurants more so that more and more people can spend more it, money just at the ground rather than having to it's know, it's there's an, not it's a an, lot around no, Park, is there, exactly go. it's it's a no, it's a no-brainer isn't it because you know if yeah. we talk about the transportation situation at the moment yeah if you can keep people in that area for longer then you know everyone's not going to scramble to Witten station at the end of the, at yeah. the final whistle and cause, you yeah. know, traffic carnage by trying to get back home at the same time. You know, you want people to hang around for a little bit longer, don't you? So yeah. it's, it just makes more sense to to develop the stadium that way. But yeah, going on to the point of the, of the name change, I think it's just, it's all tied into the same thing, isn't it? Like you just keep that there's there, as I said, there's a bit of kind of red lines that I think a lot of fans don't want to see, owners cross and there's no we're just this is hypothetical though all this it's not like we've got wind of some sort of secret you know agreement between 
Chris Heck and other people to change the name of the stadium. But, you know, hypothetically, I think I think we've got good owners, owners who are relative, you know, are pretty in tune with the um, the supporters. And I know some supporters might watch this and think, oh, well, what about the new sort of like development inside the Holt, um, which has yeah. caused a bit of a, a bit of a disagreement. And yeah, I kind of get to that, to that to some extent. But if you look at how our revenues compared to like other big clubs, we are significantly lagging behind. So yeah. for me, that that doesn't bother me too much, but it's more there are the like, like the stadium itself and the name of the ground, I think. Yeah. I, I One thing I really hate about the fact, because I, I, I broadly support FFP to stop kind of, you know, the nation states coming in and just spending whatever the hell they want. But there is a part of it that it feels like football cultures come up, like talking about revenues a lot, which is the kind of thing yeah. that's like, I can't believe that us football fans are having to talk about things like that. Like it's just, it, I don't know. It, feel, it feels like a really annoying well, it's it's it kill, modern football fandom, definitely. Yeah. I mean, kind of the romance of football kind of goes out the window, doesn't it? When you start talking yeah. about net spend and all the rest of yeah, it, it's, football it's fans just... talk about these days. But it, but yeah, I think um, when it comes to uh, uh, stadium, I mean, I, I have I don't think Villa are going to move stadium, at least not in the foreseeable future. Uh, I just just can't see it, and, and, unless Birmingham City Council said, "Here's this prime piece of real estate." in the, the city centre with all your transport issues sorted. I mean, I, I just can't see it. No. So I don't think that's going to happen. It's a bit of a non-starter, but um, not that I'd really want to see it happen either. But uh, the uh, the idea of a name change for the stadium, uh, again, it's not something I'd ideally want to see, but I think I could understand it a little bit more than um, perhaps... Uh, 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 some other things there's other things that bother me more than the thought of that which is i don't know maybe maybe there's a lot of people who probably think um oh wow you you, you you sell out you're whatever but I, that's not honestly it's not I don't, I don't i don't think in that way i just um i think i could handle that a bit more than i there's a, there's other things i could handle a little bit less um so yeah i look, I look forward to it being uh renamed the uh uh, UNICEF Superdome. <laughs> who's who's a really controversial company? Gazprom. Gazprom. Yeah, <laughs> they, they've spent all their money with Schalke uh, in Germany. They can't, and now they're like, Do you know what? We're gonna we're gonna get involved with Aston Villa now instead. And now we're we're all suddenly like selling. You know, like a lot of Newcastle fans are like defending Saudi Arabia to the hill. Yeah, that'll be all us. <laughs> yeah. it. Do you know what? Yeah, uh, Gazprom, they're all right. They're really. all right. You know, they're not that bad. Be, there'll be a lot of like what about Like, yeah. well, you should see what bloody you know B BP are doing. You see what BP are doing. You see what Shell. Oh, don't get me started on Exxon. Okay, and on that note of the uh, UNICEF Super Bowl idea floating around my head, we'll leave things there. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zelinski. Frankie, see you later. Catch you in a bit, George. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. Up the mighty villa. We'll be back again soon. Until then, come on, super unlucky Aston Villa. <laughs>